There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This, this, this is an Intel Studios production. We are recording. Hi. You all right? Yep. We're in my kitchen. We are. Have we recorded here before? Yes. Oh. I felt, felt like it was a new revelatory thing, but it's not. We've done it before. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Making the Cut. This is a podcast where we essentially review stuff. We being me, Michael Douglas, the hairstylist, not the actor, and you, Davina McCall. Uh, the TV presenter. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I was thinking, sorry, we digress already, but yeah. have we done the intro? We haven't done the intro. I was going to say, Carry on. this is a podcast where we experience things and recommend them to you. So it's not so much of a review show, it's more of a recommendation show. So for instance, if we try something that we don't like, we probably won't mention it. We'd like to keep things positive, right? Yes. So we'd only really talk about things we really like or things we've experienced that we think's worth sharing with you. That's what making the cut is. The big question is, the things we experience, do they make the cut? These things that we're going to talk about today did. What? Can I just say, Go I on. loved what you did there. You like that? Oh my God. You just did. You just think about that off the top of your head. Just totally off the top of my head. Do these things make the cut? Yeah. Shut up! You hadn't planned that. Mm. Oh my god! I love yeah. that. I was riffing. I think oh they call god, it riffing. It, did it? Did it come out of your mouth? And you go? Did in your head? Did you go? Oh, that sounded quite good. No, I felt really deeply intimidated because you were staring at me <laughs> intensely, and I was thinking, "Does this sound good? Do I sound like a total <laughs> idiot?" And you were looking at me. I was thinking. Oh, God, I think I'm trying too hard. God, this is awful, awful. And then you were like, wow, that's amazing. I was like, oh, my God, I was wrong. Sorry, I've had, a gin. So I had a gin and tonic. It's very oh, perky. And th- is this your second one? That's my second gin and tonic. Yeah. Great. I know, I'm on fire. He's on I mean. fire. Um, it's all about the tonic, folks. Just uh, That's another little making the cut recommendation. Forget the gin. Buy cheap gin, good tonic. Yes, that's so that's it. this is a new revelation for me. As a teetotaler, mm-hmm. um, I'm never quite sure what to do when I'm buying alcohol. I literally ask strangers in the aisles in the yeah, supermarket. Yeah, like, yeah. I've got no idea. I mean, 20... I've lost count. It's that many years, but I think it's about 28 years of no of no, no drinking booze. alcohol. So I can't... I've got no idea about any kind of gin. Every single booze seems to have changed. There's loads of new ones that yeah. I've got no idea about. But you told me that the gin doesn't really matter... I don't think it does. I mean, and there might be people out there who are really gin connoisseurs that mm. might go, oh my God, this is ridiculous. It's like blasphemy about, about gin. But for me, I buy the cheapest gin mm. and I always go Fever Tree Tonic. And it's the Mediterranean Tonic from Fever Tree that's really nice, I think. That makes Why? a great gin. I don't know. So Indian Tonic Water's got this very kind of strong quinine taste, I think, is mm. the only way I can describe it. Mm. Where the Mediterranean one's got a slight, then it's softer. It's not elderflower as such, but it feels like a more like a refreshing drink. They have got an elderflower they, one, they, haven't they? They absolutely do an elderflower tonic. This one's called Mediterranean Tonics in a blue tin. It's brilliant. What I did for a while here is I had this mm. bottle of Hendrix and I drank all the Hendrix and then I bought Sainsbury's Basic Gin mm. and poured it into the Hendrix bottle. 
And told everybody that it was Hendrix. I mean, when people is came Hendrix around, Hendrix expensive. Hendrix is an expensive oh, okay. gin that you would normally drink with cucumber and a slice of tonic, a slice of cucumber and some tonic. Mm. But I just go, oh yeah, and they go, oh, can I have the Hendrix? And I go, yeah, of course. And I pour them it, and then I put in the the uh, Mediterranean tonic and a slice of cucumber or a bit of lemon, and they all go, oh, Hendrix is the best, right? And I go, yeah, it really well, would is. Would that be like me giving you a potato and going, God, these no. Vivaldi's? Are... There's a significant difference between a Maris Piper and a Vivaldi. <laughs> Basics gin and Hendrix gin is just gin. I don't, I don't, I personally can't taste any difference. And I have drunk gin my whole adult life. Okay. So I don't know. If you, if you listen to this podcast regularly, that will be an in joke for you. If you don't listen to our podcast regularly, almost listen to any of our episodes and we will reference a Vivaldi potato at some point. So that is why we just mentioned that. There. Can I also just yeah. interject this at this point is that I am showing you a potato tonight a potato so based excited. snack yeah it's not a snack it is going to be a snack because we're going to eat it are we yeah yeah i'm going to make make a potato based thing but i'm not using a vivaldi <gasps> I've, I've tried this with a vivaldi and it's okay but i've gone for a maris piper tonight <gasps> yeah there is a food based element to tonight's making the cut i'm going to cut a potato should um, we do that first then? let's do that first because i can get that on the go so i'm going to take pictures Okay, brilliant. But let me first just set this whole thing up because the, the, scene. the reason I have this yes. is that your son, yes. Chester, has become slightly obsessed with shopping at charity shops. Yes. Tell me a bit about that. Well, his sisters love finding vintage clothing. And you know, the vintage shops, they call them vintage because they can charge 17 times more yeah. than the charity shops. The vintage shops go to the charity shops, buy loads of stuff. And then put it in their cool, trendy vintage shops and sell it for a fortune. And Holly and Tilly got quite wise to this and started visiting our charity shops in our local town. And um, started coming back with some really good stuff. And Chester was like, oh, hang on a minute, this looks good. Chester is such a wheeler dealer. He's 14 years old, but yeah, he's, he is, he's he loves yeah. a bargain. He's definitely going to kind of be in business of some sort, cracking deals. And... He, on his first trip out to a charity shop with um, Tilly's boyfriend, took him out charity shop shopping with him, which he loved because he's 17, he's really cool. Mm -hmm. And Chester came back. I'd given him five quid or something. <laughs> Chester came back with a set of golf clubs, a full set of golf clubs. And I was like, oh my God, how much were they? Two pounds. Yeah. And this has lit a fuse in Chester that has exploded yeah. an absolute passion. He's religiously going to these charity shops every Saturday because there's got to be a refresh in the week. Oh, yeah, There'll yeah. Be new stuff no in stuff. all the time. Yeah. And so when your kids came down, he was extremely excited about showing them... I have to say, Tunbridge Wells has got a colossal amount of charity well, shops. It, you know, it's very well supplied. It, it, in London, there's different sectors to London, like there's Chinatown and then there's like the retail wholesale sector, you know, of Fitzrovia and stuff like that. There's like a charity sector of, of, of Tunbridge, Tunbridge Wells. Wells. Yeah, there's a, where, there's a strip, a charity yeah, strip. Shop after shop after shop is is And uh, they're great. Shops. They're absolutely brilliant. So I bought this device yeah. at a charity shop. Now, Tell them how much for? It was a pound. And weirdly, it was on brand because we have, in the past, talked about Xylis products quite a bit. Yeah. This thing looks like it's from the 70s, maybe 60s, maybe even earlier, and it's a Xylis chipper. I can't wait to show Xylis this. They're going to freak out. By the oh way, God. Xylis do not sponsor us. They haven't paid us in any way. But after we reviewed 
one of their pro- two two of their products two of their products because we love them they did send us a box of goodies just yeah. that's just in the name of transparency but we do sort of now feel like we're on first name terms we are so it's you done. can see just from the colour coding of this thing I mean this is it's far on ball right <laughs> <laughs> Branding on it. Oh my god, I've got to get that. Is amazing. Hang on, so I'm just gonna just love that. It's so nice, right? I mean, people should make products in these colors all it, the time. All like the that. time. So, oh. um, obviously, once upon a time, I'm guessing that somewhere down the line, um, they had different things that you slotted in here. Yes. So, so there is, there is a uh, what would you call this? A it's like a grate, a metal grate, yeah, that fits on the front of this machine. Which looks a little bit like a hole punch, and you put the potato in behind it. Are you filming? I'm filming now. Oh! And out, oh, sorry, I got so excited, I slightly missed that. It's all right, we're going to do two. Um, and gives you a plate of French fries. Yeah. Are you frying? Oh, God. So. Watch this. Okay. Uh, oh! that. I mean, it has basically created, this is a grid, a metal grid that you fit in the front of this machine and it creates a potato's worth of immaculate, thin, square, like rectangular French fries. I mean, they are perfect and they really, really do look like the ones that you would get. They're amazing, aren't they? They're amazing. Look at that. And and Michael left the skins on, just FYI. five guys, right? Five guys. We love the five guys. Yeah, we and they always leave the skin on their chips. Yeah, so, they're so nice. Just, uh, uh, you know, in case of transparency, I'm yes. parboiling these potatoes yes. for seven minutes and then we're going to stick in the deep fat fryer. Can I just ask you something? Is this yes. one of your idiosyncrasies, the seven minutes? Seven minute? Well, no, just if you do them too much, they'll go to mush. And I'm then... worried because you keep turning over there and we want to hear Yeah, yeah. Seven. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just setting the timer, I'm just setting the timer. He's setting okay, the timer. Setting the timer, there you go, we'll parboil them, and we'll stick them in the deep fat fryer, which I think is, <gasps> a, is, is episode two, by the way. I don't think mm. I have ever eaten anything from your deep fat fryer, and that is not... A <laughs> <Are> you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank goodness for that. Um... So, uh, you're going you're gonna to sample these. Now, I've never cooked a chip with a Maris Piper before, so I assume it's going to be good. But the Vivaldi's aren't, aren't good for chips. I mean, right. the Vivaldi's the greatest potato on, on the planet, as far as I'm concerned, but it makes a soggy chip. A soggy Can't get any chip. crisp on it, really, yeah. But is that probably why you like it? Because it's um, when you do a roast potato with a Vivaldi, it's crisp on the outside and really soft on yeah. the inside, but it's too soft for a chip. It's too soft for a chip, yeah. So uh, we'll see what these are like. But that, how good is that chipping I'm, machine? I, right? It's amazing. But you have to be quite strong. You really yeah. have to put some welly in behind but, that. you know, a drizzle of olive oil, yes, bang them in the oven. Amazing. You know, for 20 minutes, you'd have lovely homemade chips. Amazing. It was a quid from the charity no, shop. No. So get yourself down to the charity shop, people. And try um, out some culinary things that you find. I mean, I wouldn't think about going to a charity shop to buy a culinary device. Mm. Or, for that matter, a set of golf clubs, which my son did find. Yeah. I'd always think about going to find those classic 60s pieces of... But that, those yeah, are the yes. items that the vintage shops snaffle up before you yeah, can get yeah. in there. Shall we, while that is happening, talk mm-hmm. about something else? 
Absolutely, yes. Well, I, I really want to talk to you about mm-hmm. um, this business that I sort of fell upon by mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been started up by a man that I have known for many, many years. And he um, is on... <clears throat> Did you just burp? I got a bit of trapped wind behind my shoulder blade you there. You always talk about behind your shoulder, but it sounded like a proper belch. It was a, a little bit. You carry your belches in your shoulder. Yeah, uh, all the claps, lungs things and everything. I think the trapped wind gets... Fu- <laughs> gets caught. <cool. laughs> Are cool you pissed? Because... No, not at all. Oh, I, my I mean, God. I had one beer at the Thai restaurant. Oh, my God, you're pissed. I'm not. And I had one gin. This is my second gin, so I'm not drunk. Stop on the gins okay. until the end of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, okay. <laughs> I'm a jolly drunk. You are. No, I'm a jolly drunk, yeah. So, this is a business that was started by someone I know. Mm-hmm. I've known him for a very long time. I would consider him a friend just because I've known him for so long. But he's not yes. like, he's not yeah, not a close, close friend. Close friend yeah. But I, you know. How do you um, know him? So, he's called Oliver Payton, and he's an OBE. This is the Great British Menu or whatever. It, it is the Great it? British Menu, yeah. yeah. He's 58, he's from Mayo in Ireland. Mm. And I knew him, so right back in 1983, he had a club in Brighton called The Can. How old is he? Um, 58. In 83 he had a club? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, in Brighton. And then him and his family, so his family are brilliant. Like, yeah. and he had, like, the most amazing sisters. He then bought a club. I'm not sure whether he bought it or whether he just took the lease on it or whatever, but it was a club called Raw. Yep. R-A-W. In Brighton? To- no, this was in London. In London, sorry. Off Tottenham Court Road. And it was a club where I used to do this club called Billion Dollar Babes. And it was way ahead of its time really i would say that it was probably half gay half straight yep and in order to get in if you weren't really flamboyantly dressed yes you just weren't going to get in yeah so we had a lot of just extraordinary dresses people there was a guy that used to come dressed as a clock every week i mean mm-hmm. just the most amazing there was a guy called barbara android who was just always would have his whole face covered yeah lee barry used to come like really eccentric exciting characters and so i worked with him then for quite a long time then he opened up which was like the one of the hippest places in london a place called the atlantic bar and grill oh my god I do you remember it? remember the atlantic bar yeah, yeah. off off I moved to London about 93, yeah. I think, and it was the place, the place. to go, yeah. Well, um, that was his place. And then he started, yeah, and then he started Machinaire, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Uh, so Machinaire Mash, were yeah. all his restaurants. Okay. So he's a real entrepreneur, mm. and he's done so many different things, but so far, mm-hmm. he then went on to have Peyton and Byrne, yep. which is these kind of deli coffee bread shops, and now Great British Menu, he's on with Andy Oliver. Yes, great I mean, I love that show. It's where Prue Lee yeah. came from as yeah. well, who's it's now the really, Great really British Bake Off. Yep. So he is um, known for being big in the hospitality business mm-hmm. and whatever he does, whatever he touches, is amazing. So I really think he's a clever guy. Yeah. But this last business that he started, I was like, sorry, you're what? You're mm-hmm. doing what? Eh? He has started a funeral business. Oh, my God, you very briefly mentioned this yes. to me and I'd forgotten all about it. Yes. How weird. I mean, what a strange thing to to go on to do. Well, what happened was his father died, uh-huh. very sadly, and 
He was so blown away by how little choice there was yeah. um, when it came to his funeral. And it, it inspired him to create this funeral business. It is called The Most Genius Name. Okay. It's called Exit Here. Fantastic. I love that, right? Yeah, me too. I mean, what a brilliant name for a funeral service. And it's a modern funeral service that's based on kindness, hospitality and understanding because they get it that everybody needs something different, that people need attention to detail, that it's such a personal thing and that they want choice. They don't all, you know, one size doesn't fit all with a funeral. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different and you need to get that flavour in someone's passing as well. Mm -hmm. And also the other thing is how expensive are funerals? It's so disgusting. I mean, if I'm honest, I have no idea. I have no yet, one's died, to, I'm right? yet to lose anybody, I've lost really. too many people. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable when mm. you list the people that you've lost. And I, I, I don't think I've ever properly mourned anybody. Well, it's going to be very difficult for It is going to be. I am, so I, I'm preparing myself for it, yeah. But what they, he realised, I think, and more like losing his father was, a, you know, mm-hmm. as big a deal as it would be for you. It was enormous for him that... The other thing is, is that when you lose somebody, it isn't just about the burial and the funeral. You need support. Yeah. And so what they kind of do is build a community for the bereaved. So it offers like continuing comfort okay. and emotional support. So there's like groups. So that long after the funeral's over, they're still there. A kind ear, like someone to talk to if you need to go pop in and have a cup mm-hmm. of tea. Because they understand. I mean, whenever I see the funeral company, company, the funeral yeah, funeral directors. Directors, yeah. thank you. Okay. That um, did my sister's funeral. Mm-hmm. I get quite weepy and emotional. Yeah. And I do feel a bond with them because I used to go and, mm-hmm. and see her every day because she was lying in state for two weeks before she got cremated. But what they do, exit here, they've got a, um, a funeral directors in Chiswick. Mm-hmm. Um, they have regular gatherings. And oh, they, do and, they? Yes. So you can... And, you can go, go and back talk, and, and talk about and celebrate. And talk about, yeah. Well, and talk about grief mm-hmm. because the grief hits you after the funeral, sort of in between the dying yeah, yes. and the funeral. You're like, you're in just, a haze, you're, you've got to go and register the death. Da, 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 da. There's so many things you have to do. You're thinking, oh my God, like clean, cleaning up the house or mm. whatever. It's all very stressful. But then after they've gone and after the funeral's done, you're left with the feelings, mm-hmm. right? And that's very difficult. And they have these gatherings at their funeral home and they have talks and they have Wednesday coffee mornings oh, and where, wow. where other people yeah, can yeah. meet up who are going through something similar and talk. It's a no-brainer. It, it sounds so obvious as yeah. well, that, as an idea. Yeah. You know, what's weird is we take the... Pl- ta- they, they think we take the time to plan things like birthdays and weddings and and anniversaries and yet in our culture we're all still so prudish about planning our funerals yeah and i realized that with my sister it's a very awkward question to ask someone when you know they're dying Mm -hmm. why is it awkward like if somebody knows they're dying and i do feel lucky now to have known that my sister was going and i had that time yeah i feel sorry for people that lose their loved ones very suddenly it must be extremely painful Mm. but i've told my kids in great detail what i'd like my funeral to be like they talk very openly about planning funerals and what mm-hmm. would you like and you know they can they can kind mm-hmm. of have it all there on record 
about how you would like it to be. And I, I really like that idea as well. And also the most important thing is to make it affordable. And if you're worried that somebody in hospitality and is opening a funeral director's, don't be because he has got, as his business partner, one of the most experienced and amazing funeral directors, proper funeral yeah. director, who's done it for years okay. and years. So it's not um, like he's having about, a go. No, it's not yeah. like he's like, oh, let's have a go at embalming someone. Yeah. He, they, you know, they are surrounded by people that really know what they're doing. So I just thought, wow, what a brilliant business. That is diversification. Yeah, and there's Uh, a hole in the market. Yeah, yeah. He's seen it. But that's an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. I mean, they just see it and go for it. And we're all going to die. And I totally agree with the idea that I think tradition is deeply important. Mm. I like the Houses of Parliament and the House of Lords, and I like the way we process laws and things like that. I think all that tradition, as ridiculous as it seems, is deeply important. And the tradition of a funeral, I think, is important. Mm. You can modernise and keep the tradition. Mm. I want to say, where can I go and watch one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where can I see it? But is there a website just, or yes, something? Yes, there is. There's um, exithere.com. Okay. Um, and all the blurb that. is on there. And, you know, when a death occurs, they're available for you 24-7. Wow. Like, literally 24 mm. hours a day. Which I think, is, again, is extraordinary. It's brilliant. Yeah, that. it's very, very clever. Mm. I think he's a brilliant man. Like, he, he's just one of those people. He's exciting to talk to and be around because he's always just bubbling with ideas. Of all the things we could review on mm. this podcast, I never thought we would review no. a funeral director. I know. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> it's brilliant. And I've always been a big fan of his. I don't know what it is about him, but when I used to watch The Great British Menu all the time. Yeah. And there is something very peaceful about him. Yes. And very serene. But obviously very successful mm. and most, well, that's a bit of a generalisation, but a lot of successful people are full of bravado and full of balls mm. and like slightly kind of knocking down walls mm. and all the rest of it. And he has this wonderful calmness. kind of calmness about mm. him, which is probably exactly what you need for a mm. funeral home. That was brilliant. I think these potatoes, just to jump from one thing oh, to another. Oh, I love it. I think the potatoes might be boiled, so I'm going to take them off the boil. Drain them. Yeah. And then... With a colander, by the way. Yes. 99p from Wilco's. Um, is that important? Is that a review? I mean, I don't really know, but I mean, I love the colour of these colanders. I've got like six of them. Because I'm always draining different veggies, you know. Right, are these going to be... Mm. Are they good? Well, I don't, I, I don't know. They feel like they're probably uh, um, pretty good. So I'm going to leave them to drain there for a minute because if you put something too wet in a deep fat fryer, the whole thing blows up, right? It'll then dry out a little oh. bit. Because when you put water in oil, it expands. Yes. You know, the whole thing, yes. you don't put water on a fat fryer. As Alan Partridge would say, it takes your face off. We'll let them dry out a little bit and then I'll stick them on. I would like to tell you about something I watched on Netflix this week. Oh, um, what is it? So it's a brand new Netflix drama, documentary drama, docudrama. I mean... What's it called? What's happened to Netflix, just to give that a, a little review, is that during lockdown, we have caned Netflix. Yes. Like, on an epic scale. So yes. when something new comes onto Netflix, we're now yeah. ready for it. It's like we've topped up. It's called The Social Dilemma. What I want people to know is that everything they're doing online is being watched, is being tracked. Every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. 
A lot of people think Google's just a search box and Facebook's just a place to see what my friends are doing. What they don't realize is there's entire teams of engineers whose job is to use your psychology against you. I was the co-inventor of the Facebook like button. I was the president of Pinterest. Google. Twitter. Instagram. There were meaningful changes happening around the world because of these platforms. I think we were naive about the flip side of that coin. We get rewarded by parts, likes, thumbs up. and we Is it an ongoing? No, it's oh, a one-off. Okay. So it's a movie. So what would you call it? A feature-length docudrama. So it's actors. It's a part of its acting, part of its documentary. Oh, that's quite Yeah, rich. yeah, so they've mixed things up. So they've not exactly reconstructed anything. They've fictionalised a situation where they've taken somebody's life, like your life or my life, and how we use social media. Yes. And then it goes behind the scenes of what's going on in a fictional idea of what's happening when you use social media. And then to the side of that, they have people who worked for Google, people who worked for Facebook, people who worked for Twitter, people who worked for Instagram, people who were at the very beginnings of creating these platforms that we use every day. Like, for instance, the guy who invented the like button for Facebook is part of this documentary. So these are being interviewed as talking heads, people who were behind the scenes who created these platforms and to entice us in to use them, who have now realised some of the damage that they've done to people mm. and the world. And when you say damage, platforms. what damage are they... I well, mean, uh, the, we all, I mean, I know I am addicted. Yes. Well, I, that's the damage they've caused, is they've created a brand new addiction. They've tapped into the idea of what addiction is and purposely drawn you towards something and, and, and made you addicted to it. Knowing, uh, consciously, they've done that consciously. You know what I feel mm. like? I feel like this is the smoking of the 20s. Oh, okay, yes. Because... Oh, my God, that's a great smoking, analogy. Smoking, you know, yeah, they yeah, kind we of were... knew it was bad for us, but they just kept making them, and they're still making them now. And social media addiction, which we are all... And I, I only realised when I did that campaign with Zoe yeah. Sugg and Jordan how... What was the campaign, sorry? It was called... Oh, God, I can't remember now. That's terrible. And social detox um, it was something. That was it. Digital detox. Digital detox. Thank you, okay. God. Terrible it's memory. Okay. I need a gin. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a digital detox. And it was one day. And I can't tell you how hard it was for me to yes. not go on. And I really didn't think... And you could still use your phone. I thought it was fine. Mm -hmm. But for one whole day, I didn't go on social media. It was the hardest the hardest yeah. thing I ever oh. did. I even went on social media in the middle of it and made a tweet and completely forgot mm. that. I... I think I have a handle on social media in the sense that I'm using it for a very specific purpose now. I'm not really using it for my personal life. I had a private account that I've now stopped using altogether and haven't used it now for two years. I have my MD London account, which I use specifically for work and yeah. I realise that my personality and my being is part of my work so it does interject with that but it's a work interaction for me it's not like look what I'm eating but how often do you look at it myself. I bet you look at it oh, more than you think a lot oh no I, w I look at it all the time you know I mean I would say five six times an hour maybe yeah. even more I mean yeah 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 during the day it is work I see it as work and I see it specifically as something that's either generating work or helping mm. me maintain. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My position in mm. whatever hierarchy I think I'm in. First of all, it's only an hour and a half long. I think everybody should watch it. Whether you're and a parent, children? I think children should definitely watch it. Any age, I mean, 13, something like that. What's interesting you say that is that all of them, I think, say in the documentary that actually if they had a choice, they would make it for over 16s only. And those are people who developed them and media? made them. Yeah, all social media should be So we're saying that only. we're giving it to our kids at 13 because... Snapchat oh, and yeah. Instagram, I mean, all of it's 13. Yeah. It should be 16. Well, that, that's what they were saying. If they could somehow change the, 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 the laws and the world and everything, they think it would be only really appropriate for people over the age of 16. Wouldn't it be nice really... if our kids from 13 to 16 weren't on their phones all the time? Yes. The tech world, Silicon Valley, have created a monster that they've now lost control of. Mm. That's essentially what they're saying. Now, all these people being interviewed no longer work for these companies. They're all trying to change the system. And there's one particular guy who's the kind of lead of the whole film, really, who's set up a company called Humane. I think it might be something humane or humane something. Yeah. And he's trying, basically, to get all these tech companies to, to start to think in a more humane way because they've created platforms that are changing the results of elections all over the world, not just in America and not just Brexit here, but all over the place. And the capacity uh, to manipulate you is, I mean... Enormous. Enormous, yeah. Like, your thoughts are not your own anymore. And they can prove that. And what they're selling, essentially... The the interesting thing is all these platforms are free. But first of all, you're creating the content Mm. and then you are being... The content you create is generating uh, interest from people. And that's what's being sold. There's a really interesting phrase that gets used, which is... If you're on the internet and it's for free, it's because you're being sold. You are the product. Ugh. And you think, I'm not sure I fully understand that. Oh my God, that. that's horrible. Yeah, so they, they, they dissect You're paying that a, a price. Oh yeah. You might not financially be paying a price, but you are paying the price. You are being sold, basically. Oh, I don't like that. So, all, their, all their objectives are mm. is to keep you on their platform mm. the longest possible amount of time. So they'll send mm. you anything to entice you to stay on the screen. The longer you stay on the screen, the more value you are to the advertiser. Mm. And there is a price on you, mm. depending on how much you interact with the social media. So all of that information is in there. It is really fascinating. It's, mm. not a br- it's not the perfect documentary by any stretch of the imagination. There's mm. loads of faults with it. So there's, a, there's this fictional family in there that are interacting with social media. Then there's an actor, I can't remember his name, but he's in Mad Men. The kind of slightly slimy guy who's in Mad Men. I can't mm. remember his name, but he's not, not Don Draper, obviously, the other guy. 
he's in it and he's playing these people that are competing with your attention behind the scenes and then they're selling you and there's different prices coming in by the millisecond how much are you worth at the moment how much are you worth at the moment and then selling you an ad putting you into an ad selling the advert back to the advertiser and, and, and all these and so all there are people businesses that actually do that or is it ai it's all algorithms it's all ai yeah but they've used but people, people are creating algorithms there are businesses creating algorithms that can sell you to a company. So that company yes. will hire the company that's got the algorithm. Yeah, well, I think what's interesting is the algorithms are creating themselves. They've already been programmed. So they are, in a sense, But who evolving. owns the algorithms? Well, Facebook will own the Facebook uh... ones, Instagram will own the other ones. Yeah, and they're feeding you stuff that they think Actually, you will like. But it's a really, really interesting eye-opener because we always say, oh, they're selling your data, they're selling your data. But we and don't think, understand what that don't means. understand what data is and it's yeah. not. What they're doing actually is selling a future version of you. They know you so well mm. from your, your habits on social media mm. that they can predict what you're going to like in two or three weeks' time and that's what they sell. Not you today. They sell a future version of you. Do you know what that and makes me want to do? That's quite creepy. What come off, right? No. Oh. I want to fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, I thought that as well. I'm going to start searching I'm stuff. Start searching <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grime artists yeah. Um, yeah. in the UK, and then I'm going to start searching army second hand army outfits. Outfits, yeah, and yeah. Then I'm well, I'm going to start searching there's, there's a, tutus. There's a brilliant Stuart Lee joke for a, for a comedy sketch. He had to research all Jeremy Clarkson's books. And now Amazon have put him in this kind of book category of sending him absolutely horrific book recommendations. And he lists them in one of his comedy gigs. It's absolutely hilarious. Can we quickly talk about Stuart Lee? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because you introduced me to Stuart Lee. and There's no finer comedian. There really, really isn't. In terms of intellect and weaving a story and literally... You looking at him thinking, where's this going? Where's this going? Well, how's it going to work out? What's Mm. he going to say next? And then making you howl with Mm. laughter. So deadpan. He is amazing. And I'm really sad he's not on the telly. Yeah. At the moment. But can we find him? Where can we find him? I think you'll find him on the iPlayer. It's called Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle. There's three, maybe four seasons of that. I think comedy is not doing it justice. Like stand-up comedy is not doing it. It's performance art. It is so brilliantly crafted and performed. It really is. It's like nothing else you've seen. So don't think you're going to watch Michael McIntyre or something like that. It's not that. It's something else. It's clever. He's so good. But there was a gig he did called Carpet Remnant World. And there was one before Carpet Remnant World. Actually, I can't remember what it's called. But if you go onto iTunes or whatever, you can buy it. But the one before Carpet Remnant World is is just like, I think that's him at his peak. They're all great. You can't go wrong with Stuart Lee. What about the potatoes? Yeah, I'm going to stick these in the deep fat fryer. I'll just give you a quick uh, recap on the social dilemma. So one of the comments on IMDb is it's partly unbelievable. A documentary like this has not aired yet, albeit not perfect in execution, which I agree with. The active part is underwhelming, which it is a little bit. It's a definite eye opener and should be watched by teens, parents, entrepreneurs, politicians, and everyone else. Wow! Uh, and then nine out says, of ten, nine out of nine ten. Out of 10. I mean, everybody's giving it amazing reviews. It says, "Please do yourself a favor and watch it. You will learn something yes, by watching it." I know. So it's. Um, I, I, I'm talking to the listener, really. It's seven point nine on IMDb. It's an hour and thirty four minutes. 
you will definitely get something out of it. If you've got kids or you're stuck on social media a lot, watch it. It is definitely brilliant. Watch it. It's this guy, Tristan Harris, he was a former uh, Google design ethicist, uh, which is quite interesting, isn't it? This guy here, Justin Rosentine. So he was a former engineer at Facebook, but he invented the like button. <gasps> and he talks a little bit about, you know, it was just supposed to be like an encouraging thing for somebody if they made a nice meal or something like that, someone would like it. And what it did, of course, is turned a whole bunch of teens into mental health problems for not getting enough likes or anything. Mm. And he's, you can tell he slightly hates himself for having mm. created a monster mm. when actually what he was trying to do was something really nice and positive. And now they put a load of more emojis so that people can know exactly how we feel about yes. everything. Yes, so not, not just like, it. like dislike. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Social Dilemma on Netflix, it's brand new uh, virtually, it only came out a couple of weeks ago, but... Go and, and everybody's got to watch it. I, I totally okay, agree. Okay, that's our homework. Board. I'm watching it. Um, okay, chips in the deep fat fryer. Um, <clears throat> give me two secs. Oh, I can, I can hear it bubbling. Can you hear that? <laughs> I'm walking outside. I'm taking you. Well, you are you bringing it with me? I'm taking, I'm oh, taking well, it outside. Oh, very good, very good. So here we are. Is so, that the deep fat fryer that you bought in Ep2? But this is the deep fat fryer. Now, I have changed the oil in this many, many times. Yeah, are you just saying that for the listeners? No, no, no. So you I don't am. all think you're a dirty it's birdie. It's hot at the moment. I did leave those potatoes for, for a bit too long, so they might be a bit mushy. Oh, no, I think we're going to be all right. So let's leave them for three to four minutes. Okay. I am going to uh, discuss a little gadget. It's a very quick one. Mm-hmm. So coronavirus. Um, yep. We don't want to touch things. We're just about to hit another wave of um, infections and we want to be extra careful, extra clean. Mm -hmm. I don't like um, wearing plastic gloves all the time. And somebody showed me this little gadget and it is actually called the Corona Gadget. It's spelled with a K. Really? Corona, K-O-R-O-N-A. The Corona Gadget. Um, And it's found on Sweetenham hyphen bradley.com and sweetenham hyphen bradley.com sell coronavirus things so hand sanitizer electric hand sanitizer dispensers blah 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 and the reason why i like this corona gadget on there which costs 15 pounds is you can do things it's got hooks look it up on there and and you can see it so if you type in corona gadget with a k Look it up and you'll be able to see the shape of it. So it's a little bit like, uh, looks a little bit like a kind of metal bottle opener would on your on your belt loop or something. How do you spell Corona? K- is it with a K. K-O-R-O-N-A. I thought it was, but it just didn't look right. Well, it's not right because Corona. Corona, that's corner. <laughs> so pissed. Cor- Jesus Re- Christ. Oh, no. There you go. Gadget. And then G-A. All one word? Yeah. There you go. Corona Gadget UK. Um, there you go. Oh, yeah, Sweet and Bradley. So. Okay. This is what it looks like. Oh. Okay, yeah. So, I've there are. Yeah. Have you? I've seen other things like, I think, I don't know what you're going to so say. Ba- so. so, basically, you can open letterboxes with it. Yeah. You can tap on cash machines. You can hook door handles. You know it. You, you don't know, have to touch anything, yeah, basically. Yes, you know, I've seen these. toilets. Yeah. I don't want to. Oh. I don't want to touch the door. You don't like, even want to go in, right? You're you using just, your elbows. Yes. Your, oh. Yeah, and I don't want to touch it with my clothes either. I want to touch it with a gadget that I can wash 
or that I can I can disinfect. Anyway, um, this machine is made by Laser Cut Steel, this this gadget, yeah. and it's got a silver iron antimicrobial coating, um, which helps keep it. But the best thing about it is that Sweetnam and Bradley have made one that's pink and it 40% of the money from it will go to the Lady Garden Foundation. You, you're allowed to laugh. Oh it's, it's, meant, it's meant to make you laugh. Okay. It's basically a charity. Yeah. Do you know Tamara Beckwith? Do you uh, remember uh, her of course from, I do. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. the jump? Yeah, yeah. She set up with some friends. I think she's something to do with that. Anyway, um, every day, 58 women receive the life-changing news of a gynecological cancer diagnosis. The mortality rate of gynecological cancers is 37%. Okay. That is really yeah. high yeah. in today's day and age. And that is because the symptoms are very often really subtle mm-hmm. and they're misattributed. Yeah. So you think, oh, well, that could be the menopause. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be something yeah, else. Yeah. Oh, bleeding in between your periods is yeah. nothing. So there are five main gynae cancers, cervical, ovarian, vaginal, vulva and womb. Okay. They are all very scary. They are, have a very high mortality rate. So... Yeah. I really like the fact that this gadget is brilliant if you do want to stay safe in today's day and age and you don't want to open filthy doors and blah, blah, blah. But it's also money is going to a really good cause. That's fantastic. On Instagram, I saw some of these things uh, come out and I thought, yeah. God, that's quite a good quite idea. Quite clever, right? Yeah, it's really good. Um, and look, they also have touch-free, obviously. Yeah, Here, nice. look, the pink one. Can we get one? Um, the Lady Garden, one? Yeah, the Lady Garden keychain. And look at these. Oh, they're nice as well, aren't they? The Corona they? Gadget are... desktop stand, touch-free. listening to this on the Entel app, there'll be a link to um, Sweetman Bradley Limited, the website there, and you'll see some of these things. But uh, go and have a little look. It looks great. Um, the Corona Gadget conductive rubber tips are quite good. Presumably that's to touch a phone or a screen yeah. or something. So it's a little rubber cap that sits on the tip of your finger so you can touch all sorts of different things. Because I always think that at Sainsbury's, when I know. you go and do the outline check and you have to press all the buttons. Exactly. How many people have pressed these buttons? Yes, yeah. and you can use the Corona Gadget to do that. Yeah. It works on all of those touchscreen things. Oh. You can use them on cash dispensers, oh, okay. on cash machines. And on the website, um, the Sweetenham and Bradley website, they also have a video, a very helpful YouTube video, of all the things that it kind of helps you with. Lady Garden. That's a great name. It's really good, so, right? So my mate Gif, who we mentioned last week, his, he's got an older sister and she was telling us when she had kids, that her kid, she was in the bath with her kid and he was driving a matchbox car round her boobs and stuff like that in the bath. And he was going, all oh, round the roundabout, you know, down the thing, over the pothole, over her belly button. And he went over the garden. And then he oh. went over the lady garden. And then he went, I'm going to park it in the garage. <laughs> she was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good, yeah. <laughs> That's very exciting. He's shaking them off. Shaking all the fat from the deep fat fryer off the chips. Oh my God, they're actual chips. Can I just tell you something? I've never eaten anything from a home deep. Oh my God, they look amazing. Can I put tons of salt on them? Yeah, we can put tons of salt on them. Wait, listen to this, listeners. That is crispiness from chips from a... Oh my God, I should not be getting so excited about this. Yeah, you can get excited about this. I've got salt and I've got heater. No, but wait, where's the Stokes ketchup? Oh yeah, ketchup. It's there. So 
what I've got here is non-brewed condiment. This is this is chip shop vinegar, so it's not Sarsen's malt vinegar or anything like that. Right. It, it's the king of all vinegars. What do you mean? I don't know. My granddad used to eat it. My dad used to eat it. But where do you get it? it? <clears throat> Only at chip shops, really. So you have to buy your vinegar at a chip shop? If you want non-brewed condiment, yeah. What's well, non-brewed? I don't understand. I don't know can either. I just I mean, I can I try it? Look at that one, yeah. Can I? Yeah, of course you can. I mean, there wasn't any chip to it. It was just... <laughs> it was just shell. Mm. I mean, I did slightly over-parboil these, but you can see the ones that... No, but these are my favourite. Yeah, the crispy ones. We need oh. to get a photo. Give us your phone. Oh, my God. That's so good. Right. Oh, yeah, I mean, how nice. These are amazing. Look. Yeah? From a one-pound chip. I wonder if Xylus still make it. Well, they must do a modern version of the Xylus, I think. We've not put any salt on them yet. Oh, my God. They are really, really good. Well, this can be a supper. I've already had supper. No, no, we had tea. Supper's different. <laughs> 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 tea. This is supper. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, Stokes is a game changer. Mm, but I'll tell you what, the Maris Piper, that's a good chip chip. Chipping so, Maris Piper for the chip chipping. Oh, cool, yeah. But Vivaldi for all else. Mm, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, they are good, aren't they? So, yeah. I was preoccupied there. Tell me something else. I'll tell you what I would like to do at the moment um, is some shout-outs, because there's a few people that have recommended something. This was very weird, but we had, like... An outrageous amount of people recommend mm. us one thing yeah. independently of each other, though. Yeah. Which How is weird quite is weird. That? I've never known that before. Like, some people might go, oh, you know. But, but maybe we've this, sent out a human algorithm. Oh, we definitely have. We're in an algorithm that people have picked up on. Can people. I just say something? These yeah. chips are outrageous. They're brilliant, right? I mean, like, really good. I am not ever getting a deep fat fryer. This would be very bad for me. Now, am I not right in thinking that you have bought an equivalent a deep fat fryer for us to test? Yes. So basically, I was so worried about the deep fat fryer aspect with the, all the fat from the deep crazy, fat fryer. I have ordered an air fryer to see if they work. I would say that's the other thing we've had a lot of recommendations for is a lot of people have said, have you tried a T-Fal air fryer? Um, uh, I haven't. Loads. I'm not sure if I got a T-Fal no, one. Well, I think I got a different one. Yeah. But Hardly I am going to try literally like a, a thimble of oil. Mm. So Fran James messages and said, Hi guys, thanks for a shout on last week's show. It's a pleasure. Uh, just wanted to mention a David Tennant podcast with George Takei. 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 I think. He talks about his family's experiences during the Second World War. First-hand stories that linked up with your discussions on Friday about uh, being stripped of their lives just because they were Japanese-Americans. Crazy. Hadn't listened to this one yet, but then... Wow. George Takai. But that was Fran James who sent that. Um, Eileen Palmer recommending the David Tennant interviews with Tim Minchin podcast. It's I the mean, same all podcast. your favourite people. Yeah, totally. And I was like, what? This is... Uh, that was Eileen Palmer. Um, Sarah Hennessy sent oh, us some Oh, God, I love yeah, Sarah yeah. Hennessy. Look at all of that. Uh, great to have you back. Listen to the podcast, Jacob's Crackers. Lots of people going on about Aldi. So Aldi sell great cotton candy grapes. Also oh. sable grapes. I love sable grapes. Yeah, I like sable. Uh, they taste a bit like elderflower. Aldi do an amazing chocolate, a bit like caramac. What? Caramel door chocolate with Mexican oh. and American pecans. And, and Himalayan, Himalayan pink, pink salt. salt. <laughs> I mean, we need to go to Aldi. Uh, the delicious smokehouse barbecue 
pea and corn snacks are amazing too, a bit like Gray's. So she sent us a few pictures there. So thanks very much, Sarah Hennessy. That's something else I want to talk about in a, in a minute is cacao brew. Uh, Ruth Clements. Oh, this was the girl who was talking about seed pots. Seed pots is short for seed potato. I thought seed pots was like a yeah, pot. Yeah, me too. But it's seed potato. So uh, thanks for that, Ruth, for clarifying so that. So we can very, get Vivaldi seed pots. Yes. <gasps> oh, yeah, Pink Lady. Mini, you know we did pink uh, mini apples yes. uh, from Sainsbury's. A lot of people uh, texted and said in Aldi they do mini Pink Ladies, uh, which also sound good. I yeah. mean, I just love mini things, essentially. Yeah. But we had about six messages to what to listen to this David Tennant podcast. I mean, I don't want to encourage people to listen to somebody else's podcast, but when we were in the car coming There's back from Maidstone... There's room for lots of podcasts in our life. Is, yeah. When we were on the way back from Maidstone today, uh, you fell fast asleep. I did. Uh, and I decided, wow, these are good, aren't they? They're so good. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'll never cook them again. No, please don't. No, I can see that it's, um, you know, a lifetime on the hips and all of that mm. jazz. Eating all the chips, a lifetime on the hips. Is that... Is that... No, just carry on with it. Um... So, um, so I listened to to the David Tennant thing. The first thing that irritated me about it, first of all, is that David Tennant's podcast has got a sponsor. Oh, that's so annoying. It is annoying. Now TV have sponsored it. What? Yeah, so he's got a Now TV sponsor in, in, in the at the beginning and then another sponsor in the middle. What? He's got two sponsors, David Tennant. Do you know why? Yeah, because he's interviewing loads of great people. He's got really famous people on there. I know. But I've got a I've got a really famous person on this podcast. Who you? <laughs> so you know, I'm, I've met David Tennant several mm. times. I've done his hair several times. He's very well. nice. He's a very very nice guy. Isn't he? he deserves the sponsorship. I totally agree. Um, so, so what was it like? So it was really good. One thing I have to say is the quality, the sound quality is great. They've recorded it very professionally. I've only listened to the Tim Minchin one. I love Tim Minchin so much. He's such a brilliant. He really is amazing. He's, he's just great the way he's formulated his thoughts and his ideas. Mm. And he won't say anything mm. that he hasn't really thought through. But it's a really good interview. I think you'll really like it because there is a bit on it about being famous and raising children and how he feels about that. Mm. And, you know, some of the pitfalls and problems that, that him and David Tennant talks about. Because I think David Tennant's got five kids. What? He, yeah, I think David Tennant's got a lot of kids. And Wow. He talks about his wife, who I think is called George, mm. and whose parents were really famous. So mm. she is the product of, of some famous parents. But that comes up in it in a really interesting way, I think. Mm. But also about how they manage their artistry and whether they think uh, they're artist, artists or not. They talk about imposter syndrome, which is quite good. Tim Minchin's mm. sick to death of the idea of imposter syndrome because he feels he's got imposter syndrome, but at the same time, he also knows how brilliant and great he is. And it's like the two things are not compatible. You can't mm. be, you can't have imposter syndrome and think you're great. It's like, mm. but he feels both things, you know. So they talk about that in quite a lot of detail, which I think is really interesting. But the one thing I haven't listened to yet is the George Takai. Yeah. Uh, one which I think taps into this World War Two documentary that I'm watching. Did you, are you a Trekkie? Uh, I'm not a particular Trekkie. No, I, um, I, I was. I, I watched the new films. Of... I'm going to look him up right now. Okay, so I haven't listened to the George Takai one, but I assume he's got some experience, perhaps, of um, oh, being imprisoned as a child. The original. Um, he's the original one, is he? From um, what was Captain Kirk called? What's his name? 
Um, William Shatner. William Shatner. Yeah, he made an album. Okay, great. Well, now I know who that is. I'm going to enjoy that a lot more. So, yeah, because I, in this World War II documentary, they talk a lot about these children being put in these prison camps in America just for being, just having Japanese ancestry. Wow. I've got to say, I've still not finished that documentary. Episode five and six, which the first one's called FUBAR, which I think you know what that means. But I always thought FUBAR was a very modern term, but it was invented during the Second World War. feels very modern, uh, yeah. doesn't it? And there's a couple of others like that. And then the next one's called The Ghost War, I think, or The Ghost Battle, mm. which was because the fog was so dense, the Americans didn't really know who they were Can fighting. Can I just they say something? See yeah? I've been dishonest. Oh, FUBAR. I don't know what it means. Uh, fucked up beyond all recognition. Oh. But it, it was a very... Oh, mo- do you know what? I love the way you slightly whispered that. Yes, well, I'm scared of s- swearing, you know. Um, in front of a lady. Can I just t- t- explain to you how mm. good that felt, being honest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. I thought there might be other listeners... Yeah, yeah. ...who don't, yeah, good. Who don't know what it is. Mm. It's all right to mm. not know. Well, I something. first heard that, I think, in a Steven Spielberg film or something like that. Mm. And it felt like that's what he'd written. And now we all did it. And in the playground mm. at school, you know, when we were 14 or 15, we'd say mm. that is foobar. So it felt like a very modern term to me. Mm. But it was really weird to hear that they'd invented that. You know, when people said, what's the war like? They'd go, it's totally foobar. Oh. Um, but there's an episode called foobar. Um, anyway, it's absolutely brilliant. And the battle of, in the Ardennes Forest, which is the Battle of the Bulge, it, it, it's just... And it's just, just remind brilliant. me so I can we can talk about it. Like, yeah. just put it on the... Um, it's called The War. On the app? Ken, by Ken Burns. The War by Ken Burns. Great. Um, and it's on Amazon Prime, One eighty nine an episode. But each episode's two hours long. And, I know and what's David Tennant's? Love. It's called David Tennant Does a Podcast With. Okay. And then there's a whole bunch of people. There's um, Judy Dench, Jim Parsons, Stacey Abrahams, uh, Dan Levy... Kush Jumbo. I don't know who Kush Jumbo is, but what a great name that is. A British actor and writer, Kush Jumbo, OBE, chats to David Tennant about getting her biggest break on The Good Wife, Hugh Jackman's role at her wedding and moving back to London to play Hamlet on stage. So, uh, yeah, go and have a listen to the David Tennant uh, uh, podcast. But the, the Tim Minchin episode, I think, is brilliant. I think Tim Minchin is brilliant. Graham Heron posted something this week and said, you know, I bought this. What do you think about reviewing it or making the cut podcast? I'm going to review this device. What is I it? I think I'm just, I'm just going to tease it in and say I'm going to buy one and then I'm going to... I'm going to oh, great. Well, it. we've got stuff to bring next week. Yeah, definitely. Um, because hopefully my air fryer will have arrived Ooh, by then. And great. I'm going to test it out on the family. Well, I've now got something to compare it to. Yes. Maybe if you could bring... Uh, could maybe bring if the I could borrow your chipper. Absolutely. Um, we should do a Morris Piper. And we'll do a Morris Piper and then we can really do a, com- a, comparison. a comparison. Wonderful. Hey, this has been great. It's been really good. It's been one of my favourites this. Yeah, me too. Maybe it's because I'm a bit drunk as well. Like two or three <laughs> drinks. We're in the making of this, making the cup. Oh, oh. See what I did there? <laughs> um, thank you, uh, because you are really busy at the moment and we very nearly didn't make an episode this week because we were so busy. I've really enjoyed it. Um, but I'm so grateful that you managed to um, make the time to do this. Oh, well, no, I'm but I really so am grateful because, to you uh, too. I, I mean, if I'm reasons. busy, you're busy, so yeah, yeah, thank but, you too. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. Stay in touch. Send us messages. Keep sending your recommendations. We love you. Yes. And we love hearing from you. 
and we hope you enjoy everything we talked about today. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.